1: Celtic
0: stuff live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics, and John. I really didn't want to kick off the show this way. I know we already had our five minute hot take video on the CLNS Media Celtic Stuff Live YouTube channel and it's you and I and we're lambasting Ray. I really didn't want to kick off the show again this way. I really didn't, but it looks like Ray just wants to keep playing. Ray is here to play. He's here to stay. <laughs> He's not going away. So here we are. We're definitely going to talk to him. <laughs> Somehow he has done exactly what we didn't want him to do. He's bogarted Isaiah Thomas's, you know, goodbye and he's made it his own, uh, in some awkward way, made it his own. And so here we are. You know, we have this awesome article from Isaiah Thomas in the players tribune and it got a couple of tears out of me. I'm not going to lie. You and I will talk about that, but yet. Here we are kicking off the show because Ray Allen is filling in the final weeks of the offseason for us to get us to training camp.
1: Unbelievable. We're sitting here. It's been – it's been, oh, my gosh. I mean, think about all the time we've – how long it's been since Ray Allen was a Boston Celtic, and we're still talking about him, and he just doesn't – Ray, you need to be quiet, my man. I mean, look, you're in China we get news over here too. You know, and I, let's first, before we go too far, let, I want to say to Paul Pierce, I think you did the right thing, Paul. I think you absolutely, it's the right thing. You're the captain. You're the truth. You go up, you try to make it right.
0: KJ no wasn't going to make it right. Let's be real. Right. Right. There was only one player, and I think we might have talked about this before. There was only one player who was going get, to get this kicked off. It certainly wasn't going to be Rondo. It had well, to be Paul. It was on his shoulders. But I will also say nothing moves forward without KG either. That's right.
1: This is all good. You know, look, Doc can talk to him. Paul can talk to him. And Paul, I think, can actually help to mend the fence a little bit. But it, no matter what Paul says... Ray keeps ripping that damn fence out of the ground, you know. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, and then okay, for one thing, he goes on the Instagram and and he comments on what Karam Butler says, and basically, you know, they people, you know, fans need to understand this is a business, you know. Um, I was right, basically. Okay, things died down, things died down. Then this past weekend, we have the Instagram post. Where uh you know, Paul basically says, Hey, let's bury the hatchet, let's be over this guy's we're we're done. And then now here we are, ESPN does an interview with Ray and he goes on for seven minutes basically explaining why he was right all along. People don't understand, you know, and the thing about the whole thing that bothers me most is that it's very insulting, I think. It's insulting to the fans, it's insult insulting to his his former teammates the kgs the rondos out there who are still frustrated with what he's done and he keeps you know reminding you know the interviewer you know i haven't
0: said anything i haven't said anything you keep saying things Ray. we know you, you do you ought to just come out and say it because whatever it is you're hiding you should just say it it's clearly a beef with the club it's not i know there was all kinds of reported issues with Rajon rondo And I'm sure that that's definitely at the heart of it. He also got benched in favor of Avery Bradley. But at the end of the day, he seems to be holding the team accountable. And I've got a couple of quotes here from that ESPN interview over in China. He says, the team almost put me in a bad decision and that he was looking for protections or guarantees. Protections? Like, security protections? I don't understand. And I think what he was basically saying is I want to be guaranteed a starting job or I don't want to have to deal with Rajan Rondo except on the court and away from the court. Y'all better separate me. I don't know what was going on. Maybe there was some, like, serious dynamics or drama in the locker room that we don't know about. But, John, either way... The fact that he's kind of putting it on the team and he won't just come out and say like, I get it, Ray wants to be sort of the politician and all this and he wants to look like he's above it all, but that's exactly why, to your point, then he should just not even bring it up. Don't even right. talk about it, let it, like, be the pro then. If you're gonna be the pro, right. then be the pro. Don't intimate that there are all these things and then make accusations about, well, Karon Butler says what happened to Isaiah Thomas is a travesty. You and I agree with that. You know, we, we get it. Like the loyalty that he had and the way he put it, put it out on the floor last season, that was a heartbreaking trade for me on many levels. I also understand it's a business. Ray understands it's a business and I get it, but. I also understand him wanting to take less money and go chase championships. What I don't understand is why he wouldn't look at his friends or his teammates in the face, why he wouldn't be honest with them, and if he does care about the fans because he knew that what he knew was going to happen when he made that choice. He knew how the fans were going to react. So don't act like it's a surprise. You knew you were going to have to deal with this, and don't pander to us and say, well, it's the team, it's the team, because now you're putting us in a position where we're not supposed to like the team. The fan base is, you're, he's in a no-win situation and he can't help but continue to pick at the scab to borrow your words from our, you know, our last rant on Ray. But really what needs to happen at this point, and maybe we all need to bury the hatchet and just put it away, I don't know. But what he really needs to do is just stop putting it back in the limelight. And there's clearly a beef with the team. So Ray, just tell us what it is. Stop being so secretive. If you're gonna throw the team under the bus, Tell us what it is.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: Get it out on the table.
1: Look, we talked about, as I mentioned last time, Cedric Maxwell had to come back crawling on his knees, begging for forgiveness from Red Auerbach, to be able to get back in the team's good graces for him to not only to to work for the team as the, the radio color guy, but to even have his number retired. So there were steps that had to be taken for him to, come back into the Celtics family the ownership I think is willing to accept him back I think Ray I think Ray wants to come back I think even Ainge is willing to move on but there's just this weird dynamic that has existed and for the first time I think Ray somewhat explains what that is but again as you said lay it all out there but what I want him to do is I want him to at least show some contrition about the fact that, look, I realize I left the guys I had behind. I took a situation which I thought was better for me. You know, it, it's a bit like the Doc Rivers situation, which I know you and I disagree with a little bit. But no, the, me, only, the
0: only reason we disagree
1: is he's leaving the situation for his own betterment over what the team's betterment is. I, I think that the was the never issue my issue. issue. But, right.
0: And I get that. And the race is doing. And I would put Doc and Ray on the same level if it was simply about that but I really don't have a problem with that part. I have a problem with doing it and then expecting to be beloved in the region by the fan base who should not be and cannot be expected to be rational about how they feel about the players that play for them. He's like asking the fans for forgiveness without actually asking for it. And some of the fans don't even care, and that's also okay. But Doc definitely moved on, said his piece, and would live with whatever criticism comes along. Ray doesn't seem comfortable with that, but it's also about the fact that at least Doc communicated with the club about his decision. They got to prepare and figure out what they wanted to do. Whether his notice was really all that long or not, he's kept communication with them. He still is engaged with his – um with the – uh uh, fundraisers and and all that that goes on in Boston he still comes back. He was with Brad Stevens just a, a few several weeks ago for a fundraiser, so he still stays connected to the city there 's things like that. I know Ray probably still does similar um, events because he lives in New England and he even mentions in that e s p n interview you know we 're from Connecticut yeah, but you know Connecticut. It's kind of New York. It's kind of Boston. Like it's confused, <laughs> right? Let's be honest. We're in Connecticut, Ray. Let's, nice. let's be clear.
1: That's right. But but
0: but that's a divided state. I mean, they're you know they're right. when it comes to sports loyalty. No wonder Ray's confused. That's a state that was right. just designed to be confused about sports loyalty. And I and I love our fans in Connecticut, and there are many great Celtics fans in Connecticut. But you know what I mean. That state's it's got a lot of push and pull going on. So here's the thing. At the end of the day. Ray, it's about the lack of communication and then wanting to be received, and you didn't even ask for it. He hasn't even asked for it. He hasn't even said, mm-hmm. you know, and he keeps taking these sort of side swipes at the organization, and he should just come clean. He, if he's going to hold on to it, he should just say what it is. So that's, that's, where, that's where it all lies for me, John.
1: Yeah, no, and I, I think that's fair. I think you're right. I think he, there's a way there, for a guy as smart as him who can communicate as well as he can, it would seem that there's a number of ways in which he could communicate what he needs to say. Look, it, what's been portrayed in the press wasn't what it was, but honestly, I, you know, there's a way to answer that question without having to throw someone under the bus all the time. And I think most of all, he needs to come clean to his teammates and, and that, and be done with that. And, I think that that will take some time to heal. I don't know if there's enough time between when we're recording this and when Paul Pierce's uh, you know number gets raised to the rafters. I'm not sure there's enough time in there, but I think we all would like to see it. I think Paul probably wants to see Ray there as part of that ceremony. I think that's something that Paul thinks would be important. I think right. what's interesting... Well, so hold on. He, Before
0: we go to the okay. next step, let me just do a quick... Because right. we have to talk about Hayward. I don't know if that's where you're going. And the I was going 20, to IT,
1: actually. Okay. But, well, yeah. So
0: we'll do both. But first, just a reminder to everybody, follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter, at CSL underscore tweet live. You can follow me, at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke. And the entire CLNS Media Network, at CLNS Media. Facebook page, facebook.com slash CLNS fans and download the clns media app for ios and android simply search clns media in your app marketplace the youtube channel and that's right the garden report is right around the corner the round table is kicking butt many other clns media shows to be watched there as well youtube.com slash clns media that's right high definition full-length locker room interviews right around the corner. So. Before you go to IT, I have to say that I wonder how much the fact that Hayward's got number 20 is weighing a little bit on Ray's mind because he was holding out hope that possibly the number would get retired. I think about it. And now there's like, oh, no, there's this player. He's coming in. He's got my number. It's their next championship move. And maybe he's moving in on, on you know, look, Rajan Ronda's number is not getting retired. Neither is Ray Allen's. There's only two players from that championship team that are going to get their numbers hoisted into the rafters. One's Paul, which would have gone up regardless of the championship, and the other one is KG, and it's going up precisely because of the championship and the culture that he dictated in Boston, and that's it. So Ray's number's not going up. Hayward is young enough. You know, if he, if he winds up leading this team to one or two banners somehow, especially if they were ever to find a way to get it against the Golden State Warriors, you can bet that his number is going to go up there and raise is not. Do you think there's any little bit of Ray just kind of holding out that hope and then seeing that, that now that the team has truly moved on, maybe that's one of his protections. Protect my number. Guarantee <laughs> to go into the rafters. Oh man. I don't think so. I don't
1: think, I, I think, Maybe I should. Well, I shouldn't say that. Ray's a pretty prideful guy. Yeah, it's a good point. I don't think it's about the number, though. I, I think for him it's about his place in history, his place in Celtics lore. I think he looks at himself. I, I was a great player. I was a player that came into the league, that did great things, not only in, in Milwaukee but also in Seattle. I earned a place in this league, and he made – take a look around and never get his name, you know, his number uh, anywhere other than the UConn. And that's a, that's a sad thing for him. You know, he, you know, maybe if Seattle stays there, maybe he, he's able to, uh, to, to it's, it's retired there. I don't think you one know, of the Washington, purest shooters of all
0: time. And absolutely, literally he's got no home and a perennial all-star for many, many yep. years, and yet he's got no place to hoist his number up into the rafters. And for any organization, that seems a little odd. And you would think Milwaukee's got plenty of numbers that could be retired. <laughs> could happen in
1: Miami too. Hell, Miami—they retired Michael Jordan's jersey, and he didn't even play for them. So anything's possible, I suppose. But I think you're
0: right. Maybe that's maybe that's the little thing that's bugging him. He has that is a travesty. It. Even though I don't think it should be a Boston jersey. I'm not I'm not gonna sit here. I don't like the way he left. I've definitely thrown a lot of flack his way. But the truth is he was one of the best players in the league for quite a long time. Yeah. And was in a movie and did a lot for to raise the profile of the league. I mean there's there's plenty on that resume that deserves recognition. It's just not in Boston for me. Maybe Seattle. Well, I, but well <laughs> Well,
1: It's it's just, it was three years here, three years here. Now, you know, three, four years here, three, four years here. And then he's in Boston. And really, that's where he made his bones. That's where he won his championship. But it's the third wheel. And I think that that's, I think maybe he's looking back and saying, you know, I could have been so much more. I could have been a contender, Charlie. I could have been somebody. I don't know what he's thinking. But all I know right now is that he's feeling like he's left out. And I think that he feels like, He's, you know, really divorced from the Boston area, from the, from New England area, and it's a decision of his own choosing. He has a right to, to choose to leave, and the Celtics fans have the right to, to hate him for leaving to go to their rival. And that's what he can't get over. He, he wants it both ways. He wants to be able to go to his rival, and the fans should just understand, well, it's a business. And now he's throwing the IT situation, say, well, yeah, see, it's a business, guys. Well, it is, and and I don't think that's ever been in dispute. The issue is what it means to the teammates, what it means to the fans. And I think we talked about in the first part, he can just very easily describe what that is to his teammates, what it is to why he left. That's fine, no problem. But then come back to us and say, look, Contrition, contrition. I love the Celtics. I love Boston. I love my time here. I'm appreciative of everything. (laughs) That hasn't
0: happened. Crabbing on the front office and the team and making his departure their fault is not a great way to get on the right side of the fans again. But he is being honest. And for that, I'll give him a little bit of props. So here we go. Even Felger and Tagway think that this topic is beating a dead horse. And yet (laughs) here we are still talking about it. So maybe we're crazy. Let's move on to Isaiah because I think it's time to move on and really close that chapter in the most sentimental of ways. The Players' Tribune article, seriously, Mm -hmm. covered the gamut of emotions, really brought you into Isaiah's world. He was hurt. He should have been hurt. As a matter of fact, I think he took the high road with that because if I was Isaiah, I would have been hurt and I'm not sure I would have been as, uh, understanding. Maybe as similar as me not understanding why Ray went to Miami and is expecting, you know, to be received with the open arms for his contribution to banner 17. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's why. Maybe I'm a small person. I have no idea, but I will say what he did. To play last year, and I know the team did not expect him to play. They said, you could do whatever you need to do, and I get it that he made that choice. But still, what what he did for this franchise last year uh, in so many levels, personal and professional, on the floor, what he had to deal with off the floor, is pretty insane. And I just think I would have had a hard time putting that in perspective and yeah he's coming with the confidence he's definitely you know ready to you know be a competitor and have a shot at winning a championship but the uh the press conference was also really awkward as much as the player's tribune article was so sincere and and just you know it it really was so well done so well done but then but then that press conference was totally the other direction it was awkward and <laughs> and and uncomfortable and like, didn't you think all we were going to ask was about the hip the whole time?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's great. Uh, yeah, but Kobe, how about the hip? You know, that's basically every, every question was going to go down that yeah. road. And <laughs>
0: Like Kobe, I mean, Kobe should have seen oh, that coming like Ray Allen oh should have God. seen the Miami move, right? All exactly. they did was talk about it. All they did was leak it to Woj. Wow. The parallels really are close. And, mm-hmm. and all they did was create all of this, like, Ah, and we need more. They only get a second round pick and then they won you know, and then he tries to shut down. And he did it to protect the player, so for that he gets my respect. Right? Like Isaiah's not a doctor. He shouldn't have to be explaining, you know, what's going on or why he made the choices he made and you know, I read a, a long article about whether or not it was advisable to have surgery. But the one thing the article did say is if you're going to have surgery, it makes sense to have it sooner rather than later. And now we're hearing Isaiah may not play well into the season, which makes me think maybe they're reconsidering surgery. You'd have to. I mean, at this point of, you
1: know, where we are some now almost more than three months after the surgery, after the injury or after the initial aggravation, I suppose, of the injury, You've got to think at this point, if there's, there hasn't been significant healing, he hasn't made significant steps towards getting back on the court. He's still doing his rehab. He's still doing stretching, but he's not, he's not out there yet. And you've got to wonder, um, you know, there have been marks along the way that, that Ainge and Brad Stevens set up. And at this point, he still hasn't met those benchmarks that we expected to see by this point. So if I'm Kobe Alton, I purposely don't want to say anything, but I would maybe. Make a statement at the beginning of the press conference and say, look, this is what we're a course of action. We'll, we're not going to answer any more questions, or, but you know, give people something. You've got a room full of, of That's a really, there. really and, good point, John. But, but they had to, they had to know, they knew that was the question and they knew when they held up that deal for nine days that that was the first question everyone was going to ask at the press conference whenever it happened. And the fact that they didn't have that lined up is just incompetence, gross incompetence on the part of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, I don't blame that entirely on Kobe Altman. I think Dan Gilbert, Cavs Dan, Comic Sans Dan is the one who is responsible all along for holding this deal up. I believe that to my dying day. That's He's the one that was responsible. But regardless, at that point – when you're the GM and you're the guy in front of those cameras, you have to make the call. And I appreciate him trying to shield IT at that point. But where were, where were the Cavs organization from the 90s before that when they completely let him hang out to dry and all the in- rumors and innuendos flew out the window and everyone, everyone in the NBA was gone from being, well, it's a concern about IT's hip to now. There's going to be a lot of questions when he finally hits free agency, no matter how he plays this year or not. Everyone's going to wonder, am I going to want to spend $100 million on this guy over three years, $150 million over four years? That question has to be answered, and you can't answer that question until you, until you go through an exhaustive exhaustive battery of tests. It put him in such a bad position. I feel terrible for IT about this. I think the Cavs did more damage to ITs hip reputation than anything the Celtics ever did. In fact, I think they were far more honest and upfront with him and for him protecting his hip and protecting his value for next summer.
0: Yeah, you're right. They should have come with a plan in that press conference and just said, this is the course of action. We may look at surgery uh just because we know that we can control the timetable. At the same mm-hmm. time, we want to respect Isaiah and his ability to choose, the, make his own decisions for his body. This has been his course of action. And if he does hit a couple more benchmarks, we're going to be pretty comfortable with the rest. And then he'll be able to play this season, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you're right. They And even maybe something more dumbed down and generic than that, but they should have definitely said, this is our plan. We really have, or going to need another two months to evaluate the plan. Um, The problem is, is that the recovery can be four to six months on the best side of things. So if he waits till December, there's a chance he doesn't play this year at all. And that's just not something that the club wants to admit right out of the gate. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, we've gotta talk about FanDuel. They're our sponsor because fantasy football is back. The wait is nearly over. That's right. The Celtic Stuff Live FanDuel Listener League is up and running. We're going to tell you all about that in just a second. But FanDuel is back with fantasy football for everyday fans. New contests begin every single week. There's no busted seasons with something for everyone and lots of contests to choose from. Starting at just $1, and that's our Celtic Stuff Live Listener League. Only $1. You simply pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real Real time, so I had a lot of fun this week. We actually filled up the league very quickly, John. We didn't get a chance to announce it on last week's show. We just put out two Twitter posts, and the 250 person league filled up in 48 to 72 hours. If you go to FanDuel.com/slash/league/slash/CSL17. You'll be able to join our league. I just checked. We already have 70 of the 250 slots already filled. And last week just closed out just a day ago. So join our league. John and I will have a lot of fun. Maybe we'll talk about how bad we did. I did come in 243rd out of 250. So certainly don't think I'm a threat. But it is a ton of fun to do it. And it's really awesome to see so many of our listeners participating. That's right. So. Over two and a half million players have won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel. Sign up today. Go to fanduel.com. Click on the join now button. Use our code CSL17, and that will allow you to try FanDuel for free with no deposit required. Visit FanDuel.com to claim your free contest and play for a share of $10,000. Just sign up using promo code CSL17. That's FanDuel.com, promo code CSL17. Void where prohibited. All right, John, so I just saw you in our little chat room. Definitely need to talk about Marcus Smart because we said on the last show that we hadn't paid him enough due. And what does he do? What does he go out and do this last week? He says, Look at me. I lost 20 pounds. I'm ready to be the starting point guard. And there's still a lot of chatter out there. He's the guy that deserves to be in the starting lineup over Brown. I see a lot of that conversation going on on Twitter. And I do agree with that, as a matter of fact, especially because defensively they need so much in that starting lineup. However, I'm still subscribing to the there is nobody to direct the offense off the bench issue that will land him there. And there are plenty of people who don't think that that's right at all and that he should just be in the starting lineup. Losing 20 pounds, he's quicker. Do you think that's going to make him more effective offensively, John?
1: I do. I do. I do. I do think so. I think the other you thing that I do <laughs> in fact I'm gonna take my new
0: microphone
1: I do think so um Marcus smart is uh selling stuff live is that's our guy um Jalen Brown is you know I think justin's got a, a the, the man crush there uh Jason Tatum I think is somebody I got a little bit of a, a thing for but together justin Poolin, John duke um we're we're both on the smart train, and I think the thing about the twenty pounds that we talked about before is the quickness, and I think quick the quickest thing is more important. He's not going to have to pay, play against threes and fours like he used to. We've got guys on the wing with some size, but the quickest thing of being able to get past fours and fives when you know, he gets on switches, it's going to be huge for that. Uh, I think his three-point game is not as bad as people thought. He's, he shot 44 and 42% respectively from the corners. So as a corner three-point shooter, as a set three-point shooter, he's actually doing all right. And he's a closing lineup, which is where I think he'll be in the closing lineup, I don't think he should start. I think that's a good place for Brown. But I think, as as in the closing lineup, the guy you need on the court to win—that's just Marcus Smart's game, right there. That's Marcus Smart to a T. He's you a guy helps rotating. You win games.
0: Do you think him rotating on bigger players like he has in the past is now a now really out of the question that he's? Trimming down to play his position. We might see him a couple of spot minutes at a three on a weird matchup, but for the most part, he's trying to get quicker. He's trying to bring a little bit of that Russell Westbrook into his game where maybe he can get to the paint and finish still strong. I mean, losing 20 pounds doesn't mean the man isn't strong, but is he really going to body up for position in the post on a bigger player? Definitely not. He's going to have to use quickness, and maybe we don't see him box out Porzingis for a key rebound again.
1: I I would bet my life on the fact that Marcus Smart will go to war, and I mean war, with anybody, any nation, any any collection of misfits, Mavericks, the A-team, if there was an A team for the Boston Celtics, there is no question he is the BA Baracus of that group. He is You're the Mr. right. T. He is. He, he is p- BA Baracus. He pities no fool. Okay, he pities no fool, ladies and gentlemen. He pities no fool, and he does drive the van. Okay, let's just be. Let's just get that right out of the way right now. He is the BA Baracus oh, of this team.
0: What kind of a van?
1: The A team van, dude. Come oh, on. the A-team van. All
0: right, I thought you were going the Scooby-Doo or, No, 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 You know, no, that's,
1: that's those, those the other The really J's.
0: odd white van that you don't want to see driving through your neighborhood when your kids are out playing right. in the yard.
1: Giving drugs out to people. Yeah, I know. That's that's the other Jays. That's what they do. Um, <laughs> the other Jays. Oh,
0: let's see if that gets picked up on the wire.
1: <laughs> yeah. Listen, just say, you know... When you're, when you're marking territory, right? Like, when you've been selling, you've <laughs> been selling, you know, listen, this is my corner right here, right? I've been working on this corner for a long time, guys. It's all you're safe.
0: shooting
1: 60% from this corner, I'll
0: <laughs> tell
1: you that. Like. <laughs> Damn right I am. Absolutely. Yeah, man, I'm like, I'm like Ray Allen. Well, maybe not. um Bringing it back, bringing it back. But smart, talking about smart. I think this, I think if he can hit that corner three like he did last year, he's fine. He's got the speed. He'll be able to get by people. He's going to find, he's going to dish. He's going to have people open in the corners. He's going to have, he's going to have spacing to work with. I think the trick for him is can he hit the above the break three? He shot 12% from, from straight ahead. Top of the key three, 12%. Okay. 25 on the on the corners of the above the break. That, right? That's my shooting percentage. but if it's That's not the good, one he, he
0: always takes at the end of the quarter though, right? So yes, if we throw yes. all those out, he's up to at least like yes.
1: 23%. He's gotta be at least double that. I know. That's
0: right.
1: <laughs> he's, I mean, if he could get there though, I mean, I think that would be great. But his role isn't going to be to facilitate. If he can just be a catch and shooter, and maybe secondary create opportunities, drive and kick, I think he'll be fine. He needs to be. He needs to be smaller, though. They need him to be six four and be able to guard point guards and twos. That's where they need him. They don't need him guarding Porzingis. If he's guarding Porzingis intentionally, things have gone dramatically wrong for the Boston Celtics season in two thousand eighteen.
0: Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. They, listen, do you think somebody like Terry Rozier can help him get into the starting lineup or do you think it's just out of the question that Rozier can direct the offense? He's really kind of a north-south guy. He's an off-ball shooter. He, we've seen yeah. him hit some really nice three pointers. The defense, you know, there's a guy that might eke his way into that starting lineup. If you're, if you're somebody who is down on Jalen Brown, Somebody like Terry Rozier could find his way. Let's see, let's see. not downtown <laughs> Down Julie. Julie Brown. Brown. <laughs> not downtown Julie Brown. Not downtown Julie Dude, downtown let me there tell you go. something. Downtown, you downtown
1: Julie Brown follows me on Twitter now.
0: <laughs> no, she downtown. doesn't. Downtown Julie Brown.
1: She does.
0: She, she is so fan. I don't even buy it.
1: I Tyrae. Ty Ray's the guy. Somehow I was in a thing, he followed Friday and I end up in <laughs> it. I don't even want to know. Somehow downtown Julie Brown follows me. That's like a prepubescent John Duke. I think she watches you
0: on YouTube, and she loves the crooked pictures in their background. That's what it is.
1: (laughs) No, (laughs) the the pictures aren't crooked. I'm just sitting crooked, I think, maybe. Let me see. Does that help? I
0: love it, dude. Don't change. So anyway, I don't know how we got onto downtown Julie Brown, but this is like the third show in a row where we have somehow referenced some, like, obscure 80s stuff, old school. But we're just 18, rolling. Downtown, downtown I, Julie
1: Brown. It's good stuff. Terry good Rozier stuff. You got us. It, You, it, you won't matter- find on the round table. I just want to say, you won't find this on the round table, folks. No. Those guys were born after the 80s. Just saying.
0: I, I don't know anyway, how, in two very quick steps, in the way that Terry Rozier gets to the rim, we found a way to downtown. Julie Brown from Terry Rozier to Jalen Brown to downtown. Julie Brown that fast? That's insane.
1: That's it's insane. as quick. It's as quick as eating a sandwich full of uh, spaghetti and sugar. That's about as quick as I go. No, uh, no, it doesn't
0: go like that. No. I like anyway, sandwiches. I will agree with that. But okay. Really? But do you think Terry Rozier in the starting lineup? No. Not I'll tell chance. you what, though, not Here, a no, chance? I, was,
1: I wouldn't say not a chance. I'm higher on on Terry Rozier than most people because I think he's just got that fast twitch, like, weird athletic thing. Like, I feel like when he's got it, like, he's, like, next-level stuff. You know, he's the type of guy who could make that type of leap that you just don't expect as a sixth man. Um, you know, we saw it a couple of years ago with um, – Oh jeez for crying out loud I'm going to lose it. The guy who was it was in Oklahoma City and then went to Detroit um the point guard oh, Jackson. Lost. Yes, 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 Jackson. He was he was a guy just he's got that that kind of fast twitch stuff. Found his role was was able to get his points and then he made some bank. You know, and I think that's a, I think Terry could be in that role. Um he's going to have opportunities this year and I think perhaps as we get in the early going, there could be frustration because he's getting more minutes perhaps than guys that we want to see like, like Shemi or uh Yabu or Ojale. I mean, those three guys, there's chances we may not see as much of them because Brad is going to give Terry every opportunity to try to get that game going. He's got potential. It's there. It's just he's got to put it all together and build some consistency.
0: Well, this is year three, right? So this is the breakout year. It is.
1: This is the year. This is the, <laughs> the year. year. Maybe, not in his,
0: maybe not in his draft position, but this is the conversation we had last year about Marcus Smart, right? This is the breakout year. Wouldn't it be ironic if it did wind up being the breakout year for Terry Rozier?
1: It it would. And, you know, honestly, there's something great about Terry Rozier's, like him, the potential of him breaking out. Because we've already kind of gotten over the whole Jalen Brown is like the type of guy that that everyone felt like, oh, everyone booed him at the draft party and he did well. Okay. But Terry Rozier, I believe, was a more hated draft pick than Jalen Brown even. Because he, remember, he was 16. We got the whole Bobby Portis thing taken after him. So everyone's talking about Bobby Portis. And then of course, that's the draft where Ainge, it really seemed like Ainge was going to package some picks and move up to take Justice Winslow, which obviously was, was a, would have been a real blow, uh, emotionally to me because I love Justice Winslow, but we got Rosier and I'm, everyone's, oh, it's terrible. We didn't get, you know, we don't, we aren't able to use these, these Nets picks. We've been trying to trade these Nets picks so we can get something and all we got is Terry Rozier. What? And he's this now. He's the joke because well, Danny won't do a deal because they won't throw in Terry Rozier. Well, ultimately, he's actually been proven right to not throw Terry Rozier into some of these deals. But that's beside the point. I that's like a really the good
0: point what you just said though. If he becomes the breakout, what a crazy vindication! for all this flack being thrown his way, completely not at his doing. If you're looking at a player who's picked 16th overall in a first-year role in the postseason, look at how he played. And then second year, not so great during the regular season. As a matter of fact, completely fell out of any kind of rotation minutes. But then there he is once again in the postseason with some nice moments, and you're thinking, ah, it seems like he's got the the makeup. But he just is a little undersized for that off guard role. But he plays long, so even at six two, he plays as long as a six four player. And maybe not in the same way that Avery Bradley. He's you know more six foot six foot one, and and I wouldn't say Avery ever play, ever played long. He just played amazing on the ball defense. So it wasn't such a, a hit, but. Terry, especially with what you said, the fast twitch, the explosive athleticism, he does play a little bit longer. He's got really long arms. That's the other thing that he's got going for him to make him play a little bit longer than, you know, his height and shoes. But this is a guy that would be, as you mentioned, a really awesome breakout year for him. I could see him getting spot minutes in the starting lineup. I still think Jalen Brown is a great athlete and he gets to the free throw line. But he's going to go through periods of struggles. And we've seen with young players, Brad kind of does the opposite of Doc. Like, Doc would rarely play the young guys, always choose a veteran. And every once in a while, he would like a young guy. And then he would go, he would ride that player. Uh, and, and never let up regardless of performance. Brad seems to be no, have no problems with plugging a couple of guys in. If they're playing really well, they stay in. And I could see Terry getting some time. You, again, Marcus deserves it. He's the least likely to get it, and especially with this weight loss because if he can provide not only the ability to facilitate the offense off the bench but a little scoring punch too, then all the better for this club. Now, here's the other thing. I also think that maybe you want to have Marcus and Brown and Tatum developing some chemistry in that second unit because they may be the more focal point uh, of that youth movement, that second wave that's going to come after some of these players get a little bit older.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're, no, that's that's so true. You you, you want to have that opportunity for these guys to to grow into it and kind of be there to take over, you know, to kind of fill those voids with uh, with low cost contracts or or the like. I mean, Terry, it's kind of interesting. He's had such a terrible, uh, <laughs> terrible. Uh, situation with with his regular seasons. I mean, he did more in the reg in the postseason to show what type of player he is than the regular seasons have. I mean, how many rookies can you say that of really? Um, so I think that's really a good point. I think it would be a, a kind of an interesting kind of mark is to compare him to how Delonte West or how Tony Allen were because I think that's the the one argument is Ainge hasn't found those later round draft picks like he had in the first run. Well. Terry at 16, it maybe is there. And he's now at the same age Delonte was when he was drafted. So maybe this is, if we compare this with where Delonte was his rookie year, maybe that's a fair comparison about kind of a combo guard with some different skills. Um, I don't know. All I know is,
0: why a hanger? Dude, I miss that commercial so much. That was awesome. And you so mentioned good. Tony Allen. He signed with New Orleans this week. So there was a player that some people were looking at thinking, oh, it would be great to bring him back into Boston. He's not coming, obviously. And as we wrap the show, media day is just two weeks away. So we're going to be diving Diving into a whole lot of this, we still have some time before we're going to see some basketball being played on the court. But Media Day is a fun time. I know that the owner of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, just relocated to Boston, so I'm really excited to see the new studio and some of the work there. uh, Now that CLNS Media is based in Boston, and Media Day is always just you know a lot of fluff, a lot of cake. Uh, Comcast Sportsnet does a nice job with the interviews. Can't wait to get some of the info. Somebody is going to have the gall to ask Kyrie Irving about Flat Earth. I know it's coming. We are going to get a quote on Flat Earth out of Media Day. It's a must have. Who do you think says it? Who asks him? Perk is a beast.
1: Perk is a beast. Oh it
0: was.
1: The good one. I was gonna go Sam Jam Packers, Boom! But you're right. I mean there's any any number of different opportunities now. Sam Sam
0: Jam uh, lives down in Philly now. He's going No he to came back. He's back, thought. he's back. I think he's back?
1: I think he's back.
0: Back for the summer break, maybe.
1: No, I think he came to live. I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm a liar. I don't know. I don't listen Ooh, to the other Jays. Story there, I don't either. <laughs> I don't listen to the other Jays. I just said, "Oh, it's terrible." No, I do. They're good guys. They really are. They do a good show. I just wish they're on CLNS Media. That's all. But anyway, listen. I think it's good stuff. And here's another thing about Ta Ta Rondo. Just put them on either side. Just put them on either side of Anthony Davis's locker. That's all I'm asking for. Okay. Yeah, Boston's pretty good. Yeah, it's not so bad over there. There you go. He there you always go. backs his, his – just
0: saying, <laughs> I think it works. I think that's trade, – Trade Isaiah to New Orleans. That's how it works. <laughs> that's the man that recruited Hayward. How funny is that? I mean, we know Hayward had that little relationship, but IT was a big part of that recruiting punch. There's no doubt. We have a We have a lot to be grateful. We're going to have to – uh well, it'll be the first time I've ever rooted for a player in a Cavs uniform. It's going to be weird. It's going to be very, very weird. But I know we'll see it. Everybody will treat Isaiah with more more respect than he deserves because that's how Boston rolls. I'm looking forward to it. You'll be in attendance even if he's not playing when the Cavs face the Celtics. So will be interesting. I guess we have to wait until Paul Pierce's night of jersey retirement before we'll, we'll see that, uh, in Boston, but I know there'll be a huge ruckus crowd and That's going to do it for this week's show. The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And a quick reminder that today's show was brought to you by FanDuel. Join our listener league, FanDuel.com, slash league, slash CS csl 17 and they've got a great deal for all of you listeners but most importantly you'd be supporting our show and the entire cls media network for staff writer samuel Elias, executive producer larry h russell the founder of clns media nick gelso and my co-host john duke i'm justin poolen thank you for listening to another edition of celtic stuff live celtic
1: stuff live